Welcome to Gutter Trash episode 215, Invisibilis. My name is Eric. I am Jason. <laughs> Perfect. Nailed it that time. <laughs> Some people may pronounce it Invisibles. I, I've heard that. Yeah. In the past. I like to go by its French name. Oh, invisibles. Invisibles. Is that really French for invisible? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I do not know any other language other than English, and I barely have a grasp on that. I, I know I know of enough phrases to get me in trouble in French, but, but I don't know anything about... What kind of trouble? Uh, oh, I can ask young ladies if they would like to have drinks at my apartment. Ooh. Yeah. But then they say no because you live at home with your mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how to pronounce uh, Virgo comics from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, those are just date faux pas in France. <laughs> Actually, I bet that's a lot more accepted, like living uh, with your parents in just about any country other than America, probably. Probably, yeah. But, but yeah. But I would be, my comeback would always be, but I also live with my doogie comeback. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would run away still, mostly out of jealousy. Oh yeah, because not everybody has a doogie. Not uh, not hardly anyone. Yeah, just me and my mom. Pretty rare. Yeah. <laughs> you might say Uma and Goo both have a doogie as well, but right. yeah, just pretty much me and my mom. That's it. <clears throat> uh, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well this this late Monday evening. It is slightly later than I originally intended. Yeah. Uh, it happens. It happens. We had to save the world. We're superheroes. We we did. I don't think we actually did. No. But, but we made an attempt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone called. <clears throat> Someone was in trouble. Yeah. We ran. We went to the rescue. Yeah. And then we got snacks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Superman does. He's got it, right? Yeah. He's like You see him like sitting on a steel girder. Just like chomping away on some Chex Mix after, hey. after he saved a busload of, you know, whatevers. <laughs> I don't know where he was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he I, saved a busload of criminals. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they're people, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. So, yeah. Let's do this. Invisibles? The Invisibles. Say you want a revolution. Volume one. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever, I don't know. First eight issues. Yes, that's what I read. Yeah. Individual issues. I read the trade paperback because I couldn't be bothered with trying to find the single issues in my collection. But you have them all neatly organized in a Grant Morrison pile? I, I know exactly. I could, like, walk over to the pile of boxes and, like, you know, scan down them with my finger and point to which one it is. But it is under so much other stuff that I went out and bought the trade paperback and. <laughs> Alrighty. 
I had, I had store credit, and then I bought it at Maverick, so I okay. figured whatever. <clears throat> I, uh, in the corner of my bedroom, uh, on top of my empty guitar case, uh, next to my bed, I have what I would gather to be a three and a half foot tall pile of just Grant Morrison comics. Wow. That's pretty impressive. And, uh, I only have the individual issues of the Invisibles and they were all at the bottom. (laughs) So thank you, Jason. That was fun. You should have just went out and bought the trade paperback. Of course, there was, there was only one at your local comic shop. So. <laughs> and I bought it. Bell Book and Comedy? <laughs> Actually, he's probably got like three copies because they're a real store. <laughs> only just barely. <laughs> There's still a magic shop more than anything else. Yeah, but they... I, it pains me to say it. But they're probably more of a comic shop than Mavericks is at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah. They are. Uh-huh. yeah. I've seen their back room. It's I amazing. Know, I know, right? Isn't it? Oh my gosh. I bought so many Rob Liefeld books out of their back room <laughs> for a dollar each. He told me a dollar each, anything I could find. But, <clears throat> but I did not see any Invisibles back issues because uh-huh. I, wasn't, I wasn't looking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because you own them all. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're right there under everything yeah. else that I own. So, uh, so yeah, so, so you, you picked this book. The, 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 the collection contains the first eight issues of The Invisibles. I had to dig through a mountain of other Grant Morrison books to get to it. Uh, I, there's no way in hell that I was going to go through all that effort. And only just read the first eight issues. <laughs> right. uh, no, granted, I haven't read much farther beyond that by this point, but uh, I did used to read the entire series about once a year. Wow. Uh, it has been more than a few years since I've done that, and uh, because you, you have forced me, uh, I am now back in the swing of nice. rereading the entire run of the Nice. And and that gets like a a longer project every every year that you did it. I'm sure back back then, unless you did it like unless you started after the whole thing was over. Oh, I did it after the whole thing. Oh, was okay, over. Yeah. okay. Although when the as it was wrapping up, because uh, <clears throat> by the time I started actually buying it on a monthly basement basis, monthly basement. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, on a monthly basis, like it was towards the end of uh, the first volume. Okay. And so then I think there was like a like a, a break between that and volume two. And so I reread all of volume one and wow. then picked up with volume two when the first issue came out. Uh, and then the volume two ended and uh, there was a break between that and volume three. So I reread all of volume one <laughs> and all of volume two before volume three came out. Man. And then I reread the entire thing once the final issue came out. Man, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I've only ever read, <clears throat> read them once until yeah, we, until we, until this week. Right. Uh, the, the, 
the times that I just described was mostly just so I could remember what the hell was happening. Yeah, there's a lot that goes on. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah, like even in the first eight, where where this just kind of introduces you to the main characters, um, very quickly you realize there's a lot of references. And oh, yeah. A lot. Of, it's you know like multi layered and. This may be one of the most dense comics I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's all I got. Yeah. The, that was the review. The, that was my, my my sentence I had to say. <laughs> uh, oh, you're awful. Oh. oh, we can't review this book. <laughs> what? We can't. Yeah, we're sure we can. Smart. We're oh, not smart. We're not smart enough no, to do this. Clearly not. <laughs> but we're going to do it anyway. <sighs> I love this book. It's really, really awesome. This is my favorite comic. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's high praise. Uh, I've, yeah, I've never read any other series uh, as many times as I've read this one. Uh, like, Maybe like Preacher or Transmetropolitan comes close. I've read those like maybe two or three times yeah. total. Uh, but this one, like I said, I read at least once a year. So I've read it all the way through all 70 some issues or whatever combined. Wow. Uh, about, uh, actually, there's probably not 70 issues. There's, uh, it's pretty close because it wasn't there like two twenty-five issues and a twelve issue. Yeah, something like, like that. Like sixty-two, I guess. Yeah, yeah. the new sixty-two. Ooh. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I've probably read this series like at least six times, and, and now starting my seventh, if that is a correct number. Nice, nice. Wow. <coughs> yeah, it's. I don't know if it's my favorite Grant Morrison book or not. Um, I'd have to reread Doom Patrols, and I can't do that for another year and a half. <laughs> um, but it's explained it. Uh, um, and, <laughs> in March of 2004, uh, Joe G, our buddy and your co-host on uh, uh, Farscape Night, what's it called? The Viewmaster. Um, he was at Mavericks, and he was talking about how he'd never read Doom Patrol, and he was a Grant Morrison fan. I was like, really? I was like, I'll bring him my comics, and he's like, oh. Well, it'd probably take me a long time to read them, and, you know, there's so many of them, and he was, like, making excuses, and I was not having it. I was like, everybody needs to read this. So I was like, okay, look, I'll bring them in tomorrow, and don't bring them back for until 10 years from today. I don't want to see them. You have 10 years to read it. Is that enough time? (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, okay. So, like, me and him both signed this card, and we had two witnesses sign it. That he borrowed my Doom Patrol collection for ten years, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, next year on March, uh, uh, it will be uh, ten years. So he still, still has not read. Still them. has not even started them. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to wait till then. Because uh, uh, he recently told me that he finished reading the entire run of uh, Starman. Which is about 80 issues. Yeah. Uh, believe Doom Patrol, Grant Morrison's run on that is only about 40 issues or so. Yeah, because he started at number 19 or yeah, something. Yeah, I think 63 was the last issue That's he when wrote. Rachel, Rachel Pollock took over. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, he can do it. Yeah. You got, you got just over a year, Mr. G. Yep. Good luck to you. Yeah. I'm taking him back too. Like, if you're not finished. Right. Oh, yeah. 
You have to buy those trades yourself. And he is a fool if he doesn't, because they're great. They're amazing. Much like the Invisibles. Yes. Which you should also read. We should, yeah, we should have been talking about that one instead, I'm sorry. That's, no. This is all about the celebration of Grant Morrison. <laughs> yeah. And finally reading a good book of his. Oh. <laughs> you know, like. That's harsh. I, I, uh, I have, I have to admit, he's probably my favorite comic writer ever, but I have just, I, I don't really enjoy his superhero books like I used to. Like I loved his run on JLA right. and I, and I really, really liked his new X-Men, but I've tried to read his Batman. I've tried to read his action comics. Um, I loved All-Star Superman, of course. Right. But I, yeah, recently I haven't, I think the last three, four years, I haven't really enjoyed his superhero stuff that I've read. I think, uh, his action stuff, I think it's, uh, it's fun, but it's definitely nowhere near as good as anything else he's ever written. Uh, his Batman stuff, I think, is one of those things that, like, like his Doom Patrol, I think, like, further down the line is gonna be one of those things where people realize, oh, what a, what a thing he did. Yeah. Uh, I, I really do. Okay. I, I think it's a, something that, like, he's been working on for like the past six years and like you know he's had to like for a while he had his little free reign but now he doesn't anymore right since now he's i think just struggling to try to tie up everything that he was trying to do earlier yeah uh but i think like as a complete you know grant morrison wrote these kind of thing i think it's going to be a a a future classic that's awesome i think so Because yeah. I, I really enjoy it, but I will admit that it took me, like, reading almost the entire run, like, like his first run, to, like, get it. Okay. You know, like, before I was just enjoying them, but then after, like, I read, like, a huge chunk of them and together, like, I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's a, I mean, I haven't read a huge chunk of any, of either one of those. <clears throat> I read, like, the first four or five action, and I read the first just the first few of his uh, Batman, like the Batman and Son trade, but yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it. Like they definitely don't start off as strong as some of his other stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like you know, stuff like All Star Superman is just fucking brilliant. Yeah, it was amazing. And uh, like, like it's one of those things where like he's never gonna top that. I don't think. Right. You know, there's just like certain things that he has written that I don't think is ever. Like, no matter what he does, he will never be able to just touch, you know, the, the level that he did. And oddly, the three that popped into my head were all drawn by Frank Quietly. Huh. Uh, All-Star uh, Superman, right. Flex Mentallo, and uh, We Three. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, We Three is really good, too. And that's, that's what I'm more excited about. I hope he does more, um, like, you know, he's doing Happy right now, and I hope when he's ties up all his loose ends of Batman. He just does a lot more just bizarre from his mind creations. I think that's his plan anyway. Uh, like, like, yeah, he's, he's, uh, like, yeah, he's, uh, his run on Batman is up. I think like the Batman Inc. Uh, like 12 or 13. I think something like 13 that. is what I heard. Yeah. Uh, his action comic run is up with issue 16. Uh, and then I think he's got like, two other projects that are like completely written but still like being worked on like by the artists for DC. Okay. Uh <clears throat> I think one of them is uh Wonder Woman like Earth One. And then the other one is like uh, it's a book he's been talking about forever called Multiversity. 
which is like his big sort of like almost seven soldiers type story okay uh, with uh, like a whole bunch of different artists and a whole bunch of characters including a uh a Frank quietly drawn one uh, about the uh uh the Charlton characters who inspired the watchman oh wow so that sounds uh, awesome yeah uh, uh so i think once he does that i think he's just focusing solely on like creator own stuff and then uh, just you know, uh, maybe like another sea guy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be sweet. So, and sea guy is great too. Uh, and of course, like all the other projects that he always announced, but, uh, never finished like his novel and right. movies and yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, did I mention last episode that, uh, Grant Morrison is the reason I started working at Mavericks? No. Um, yeah, when I was, when I was 14, uh, my brother who's five years older than me had a, a high school classmate who was a super comics nerd, but he liked, you know, he loved superheroes, but he also loved like bizarre stuff. And, uh, and he loaned me, um, like a, a handful of the doom patrol run. He was like, I think you would really like this because, you know, I don't know. I, I liked odd stuff, you know? And, uh, and I, I was just like blown away at how awesome doom patrol was. And I had no money since I was 14. And I was like, I should get a job at that comic shop that my brother used to work at. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, that way I could afford them and I could just buy them right there. So that's the reason I started working at Mavericks was so I could read Doom Patrol. Nice. I can own them and read all the rest of them. Which Joe now has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which he now has. Uh, yeah. Actually, I think. Because we've reviewed two other Grand Morrison books. We did All Star and Joe the Barbarian. Joe the Barbarian. Okay, so I'm sure we've had this exact same conversation Probably. about Grant Morrison. Probably, yeah. You know, multiple times now. Uh, but, but, uh, uh, yeah, but The Invisibles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess we should talk about the book that we've, uh, reviewed. Probably. <laughs> uh, it's, I don't think we can review this. Uh, it's, it is, it is a book that obviously holds a, like a special place for me. Right. Like, like I, I honestly, it is one of my favorite comics of all time. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, uh, and just reading like, okay. Uh, like, like, obviously, like, I came into the book late, uh, like, you know, uh, towards the end of the first volume, uh, you know, and then it was sort of, like, right when Grant Morrison's, like, popularity was sort of peaking. Yeah. Like, like near, like, around the JLA and stuff like that. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, so I read this book, like, I bought all the back issues of Volume 1, and, like, you know, uh, continue to buy it and read it in like that big chunk. And like, you know, at the time I was 17, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, I think maybe. it started in like 95, yeah. Like, yeah, 97 or something. Uh, like I, I don't think I may have been a senior in high school. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but, uh, like, like, you know, like, uh, you're in high school and then you know, you're from Ohio and, uh, you <laughs> read something like this and it kind of uh, fucks with you a little bit. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's, it's all about, 
rebellion and revolution and, and like changing the world and, and idealism, you know. And drugs. And drugs, <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, I, that part never won me over, obviously. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, it, it inspired sort of that, like, you know, little punk inside of me, you know, that was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to you know, change the world through my arts and, right. you know, I'm gonna, you know, uh, you know, study a whole bunch and then like learn shit and like learn how to, how to, you know, just, just affect change throughout life, you right. know, and, uh, and now I'm a sad 34 year old, uh, you know, uh, a lazy lethargic cog in the military industrial complex <laughs> and uh perfectly sadly content with that uh obviously like any any of the the rebellious thoughts that that uh the invisibles helped you know sort of uh not kick into gear but at least helped accelerate you know in my brain right. have all died right yeah you know. <laughs> Uh, I realize what life is now and uh, fully accept it, and I'm just uh, sitting out my days waiting to die. Uh, but I gotta say, rereading this uh, for the first time in like you know probably six years or so, uh, like it kind of like like I, I felt the flicker, yeah, for a little bit, yeah, yeah, like life left in there a little bit, yeah, yeah. inside of your iron heart, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it's like uh it has that same i mean because you know like it focuses on uh dane is that his name dane mm-hmm. mcgowan um he's like <clears throat> a new recruit for this you know group of sort of terrorists yeah yeah they're kind of like revolutionary terrorists yeah. like um but they're also kind of like they're also kind of like grant morrison's weird like drug-addled mod version of superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because they're fighting against these dark forces who want to, like, you know, suck the life out of the universe, basically. Right. Um, But they're also, like, transvestites and, like, drug users and partiers and... um, Fetishists. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, like, Dane, you know, you get the perspective of this teenager, and it is kind of like one of those... You know, he seems like one of those kids that just you know, just read Clockwork Orange for the first time or something, right, right, yeah. you know, and then like he's throwing Molotov cocktails at like police cars or whatever and stealing cars. Um, so yeah, like it, it was weird to read that as a teenager and reread it now because yeah, when I was a teenager, I was like, yeah, awesome, <laughs> you know, and now I'm reading it. I'm like, you know, okay, I, I have a different perspective. Like I don't, like I still think, yeah, awesome. Go for it. But, uh, but at the same time, you have responsibilities and bills. Right. And yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what a, what a great book. I I will say though, it started out like after I read the first couple issues of this, I was like, huh, this isn't as good as I remembered. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, I hope it gets a little bit better. And by the end of the trade, I think it really feels more like what I remember loving about the Invisibles. Right. Um. Because it gets. I mean, it has a kind of slow beginning, like, like there's a... It's all set up. Yeah, there's a lot of set up. The, the first four issues, well, the first issue, I think, has a little bit of that... <clears throat> I think it's a good balance between what, uh, you know, the, the middle chunk of this story is, and then, like, what the ending of the story is. It's, like, a good balance of that. Right. 
you know, where it's it's got its weirdness and its action, but you know, character building at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but then issues like two through four are just all set up. It's basically uh, just Dane walking around with an old homeless man yeah. talking about how fucked up reality is. Right. And it's all important. Yeah. Like, like uh, all the information, basically, like, the entire series is laid out in those three issues. Right. Uh, but it's a lot of talky. Yeah, it it does, it does feel a little drag, like it drags on. And even once the other characters are introduced, like, uh, around issue five and six, like, I was like, I was like, well, this is all right, but, man, I remember fucking loving this book. Right. Um, but I think the last issues in the trade, like, or seven and eight, like, Made me go, oh yeah, this is fucking awesome, and I'm right. definitely gonna reread the whole thing. Uh, I think you know, because uh, even like when I came into it, like you know, I read like issues one through twenty in like a chunk, you know, the very first time, and so I was able to just like get through all of it and get through you know to like the awesome parts, right? You know, but I think. Because I remember reading because in the individual issues, uh, like all the. Uh, letters pages. Uh, remember those kids? Oh, yeah. People wrote letters? Yeah. You just, like, type it on your computer and hit send? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and then they would publish them in the comic. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, like this one, uh, the writer of the comic would answer those letters. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. <clears throat> but Graham Morrison, like, like answered the letter columns, and sometimes he would have, like, you know, little essays that he would write, too. Uh, but I remember him... I remember, like, further, like, around issue 17, 18, something like that... Uh, talking about how basically this book was on the verge of cancellation. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, okay. And uh, and he said basically it was the second story arc, which is issues like five through eight, which is the last half of this trade. Uh, that basically it was him, <clears throat> and I and I love that story because uh, the like the first half of the story of this graphic novel er, trade. Sorry, right. this trade paperback is, uh, you know, like the introduction of Dane, like, into this world of the Invisibles. And then, like, the second half of the story is him, like, on his first mission, where they uh, ghostly time travel back to, you know, uh, France during the French Revolution, uh, so that they can rescue the ghost of the Marquis de Sade. And bring him back to the present so that they can figure out a blueprint to recreate the world uh, so that uh, everybody gets what they want. Uh, and meanwhile, they get lost in time and there's uh, like a weird, crazy Brazilian assassin after them. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and basically he said that because of that, because it was such a weird... And there's like, you know... Uh, uh, Percy Shelley and, and Lord Byron and the uh, severed head of John the Baptist, right? You know, like like all involved in like this this last you know uh, <laughs> the four issues. Uh, he said because it was so weird and so dense and so like it was him trying to be like as experimental with it as he could that it just lost every reader that he gained when like the first issue came out, right? Uh, because like nobody wanted to like stick around in a weird read weird esoteric you know time traveling historical comics <laughs> and <laughs> shame it's on not you. and shame on you for not yeah because stick through it and it's fucking great yeah and i will admit like the very first time like i didn't like that story either but like by now i love it yeah uh because because it is so weird and, and bizarre and just everything 
Oh yeah, there's so much it. going on. Yeah, like like the fact that they lived through the 120 days of Sodom. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> there's so much stuff happening in this book, like in those last four issues at least. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he said he blamed the, the lack of sales on that storyline that people just bailed and, and did not come back. It was tanking. Yeah. Wow. And so, of course, uh, he initiated the, uh, magic ritual to get the sales back up by the, uh, Thanksgiving Day masturbation. Thought. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Grant Morrison. That's him. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he wanted everyone to... Help take part in this massive uh, spell he was casting by yep. masturbating on a certain time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moms and dads, that's the guy that writes the Superman comics your kids are reading right now. <laughs> oh, kids aren't reading them. No, not at all. <laughs> They're playing Pokemon and fingering each other. Yeah. Probably both yeah. at the same time. Yeah, it's one of the... It's one of the moves in Pokemon. Yeah. Instead of tapping the card, you just finger bang your opponent. <laughs> yeah. Man. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I just love this book so much and uh, rereading it. Like, I was. Because it had been, like, you know, more than a couple of years since I read it. Like, there, there was that little bit of fear that I had that it was like, uh, am I just delusional? You know, like that yeah. I ever liked this. Is this going to really suck? I was a teenager the last time I read any right. of this. So, yeah, I, I was a little afraid. Um, And, you know, I was just talking about how, like, the last few issues were, the you know, were great. And I was, like, a little, like, disappointed this time around with the beginning of it. Um, I will say, because I read, I read them individually, and I was a teenager, and it didn't seem boring to me then. Right. So I'm guessing that... And and not, I don't I don't know boring's the wrong word. It just it didn't grab me like I remembered it grabbing me. Right. Um, but I think that's probably more because you know it wasn't boring or anything. It's just maybe there's I've just read so many books since then right. um, that are along the same lines or inspired by or whatever that maybe like it wasn't as exciting this time around. But right. but well, it's because you really love the Matrix. I love the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, the Matrix. I feel yeah. If you like the Matrix, maybe you should see where half the ideas came from. This I think this and Ghost in the Shell pretty much. Yeah, yeah. was was the Matrix. Uh, I can't remember. Did Grant Morrison ever try to sue the Wachowskis? Or I know. Was... I know he kind of said something about it in the letters column. Like, wow, I just saw the Matrix. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> you know, but but uh, but I don't think he really. Yeah, I don't think he sued or anything. Yeah. Um. But I think. Like, like I, I don't think this was the first book that ever did anything like it. You know, the whole sort of exploring, you know, the the reality beneath, you know, the world, you know, that right. sort of thing. Uh, but it does, like, really seem like that, that after this book came out, that, like, it seemed to be a recurring theme in a lot of movies and TV and sci-fi and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of writers read it. I mean, yeah, yeah. it seems that, I mean, this is one of those things that, like it's, it is heady enough that I bet a lot of writers do yeah. read this. It's like, I don't know. 
it's like one of those bands like Tool or Faith No More who every musician listens to. Right, right. You know, I'm right. sure this is one of those books that every writer <clears throat> read in the 90s. Yeah. But it's still, it's not like, you know, that's not to say that it's not for just everybody. Yeah. That likes, I mean, it's, there's a lot of references and a lot of those I don't, I don't even get. I don't get it. But, uh, I have the fucking, uh, the, the guidebook thing. Right. Yeah. That, that has like all the annotations and everything. Yeah. There's a book released. Uh, what, what is it called? Uh, like, Anarchy for the Masses. Yeah. yeah. And it like, yeah, basically dissects the whole thing and, and, uh, maps out all the references and like, um, inspirations and whatever. And I almost think that takes away a little bit because, it does. because, yeah. I mean, there's even, I mean, there's, there's stuff in here. I mean, there's a lot of pop culture things in, in, in the Invisibles because it is all about, you know, like conspiracies and time travel and, right. and like at the, towards the end of the book, uh, there's a girl at a party who says like, yeah, the world's going to end on December 22nd, yeah. uh, 2012. And, you know, and, you know, and obviously that didn't happen. So, um, like a lot of the references are just more about, you know, the, you know, the, the things that people talk about in pop culture and it's not like, you know, a truth of the story that right. you know, is obviously, you know, essential. You don't have to, you don't have to get all those. I didn't get all those references and I fucking love this book. Yeah, I didn't either. Like I said, I have that book and I, I honestly did try to read it, but uh, you're right. It totally takes away a lot of like the joy that I had in the book. Right. By figuring that stuff out. Yeah, I never read that. I think I bought it too and I never <clears> read it. <throat> yeah. So like, well, even on this, uh, you know, uh, before we did this, uh, like I thought, okay, well, I'll read the first eight issues and then maybe I'll read like, you know, the, the corresponding, you know, chapters of that book, you know, just, uh, to get more of a feel. And like, I got through like half of the first one. And I was like, this is just kind of ruining it. For right. Me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's almost like tedious. <clears throat> yeah. It's like seeing the, uh, you know, the man behind the curtain sometimes. Right. sometimes I mean, there are it. interesting things in that book, though, like uh, interviews with Grant Morrison or like Stuart Moore, the the artists, and I found those interesting, like more about like the the craft of just you know putting this book together, right? And like a little bit of like you know Grant Morrison's like thought process behind you know what he was writing. Uh, like that part is interesting. Okay. Uh, but like, you know, just the whole, like, you know, panel by panel, you know, like, uh, this references the yeah. thing that happened. Yeah. This know. sign hanging in the, on the front of the store in the background says this and it means this because right, of, right, yeah. you know, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Cause honestly, like the most, most interesting thing about that book is like towards the end, uh, with the, the last volume, I guess there was like three issues that were drawn by somebody and like they just, barely followed Grant Morrison's uh, script at all. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, like, the individual issues are just, like, like they don't make sense because they, they weren't drawn the way he intended. And so, I guess, in the trades for those books, like, uh, someone else redrew those pages. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow, I wonder what artist it was, and that must have pissed him off. Because... Uh, Ashley Wood. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember Ashley Wood working on the Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely towards like the, the last, uh, like four wow. issues or so. Yeah. That must have pissed him off because this was like his <clears throat> ba- baby. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, someone else redrew it for the trade. Right. Wow. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I'll have to get that trade. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> hmm. When I get that far, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dig out my actual issues and read the rest of it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's funny. The reason, the only reason I even picked this to begin with, 
is uh, there's a guy at the art studio I work at who's very into conspiracy theories and he's like studies them online and you know talks about a lot of the things that I remember uh, themes that were touched on in the Invisibles. Yeah, and, I was, and he's not really a comic reader. He's I don't know. He's probably in his late forties, but he's never really read them. And I said, uh, "Hey, you got to read the Invisibles sometime." I, uh, you know, I was telling him about it. And he's like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." And then I, I just bought the trade from Maverick. I was like, "Well, I'll just I'll just buy the trade." I know Kathleen wants to read it, so I'll loan it to him. I'll loan it to her. Yeah. And um, and then so I I wanted to read it first before I loaned it to him. That way, if he wanted to talk about it, I could at least have read it in the last two decades. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> and so and so I read it. And I still haven't loaned it to him. Like I went to work today and I didn't take it to him because I don't think he's going to like it. Okay. Um, cause, uh, like he's really into that whole conspiracy, conspiracy theory thing, but he's kind of got more of a, like, like a very loving, like hippie kind of slant to, to his view of things. Right. And I think this is way too dark that he just oh, yeah. wouldn't really, it wouldn't really connect with, the things that makes him like those those uh, right. those kinds of things. I go. It's one of those things where I think this is a book that would pay off for him. I really, in the long run. I really think so too. Like like if he, he stuck with it through the whole way, because right. it eventually does turn into that. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, especially like in the last volume of it. Uh, but yeah, I think you're totally right. I, I, just I, this sampling <laughs> of it, right? I mean, there's just like. I mean, I can. I just remember, like, as I was reading it, like, like three or four panels throughout the series, throughout the first eight issues, just hit me like, "Oh, that guy just threw his excrement into that girl's face," you know. And I was just like, uh, "Bruce is not gonna like this." <laughs> um, but yeah, I want him to read it because I really think, yeah, like you said, as it goes, he would love it, and you know, you do sort of need to read it from the beginning, right? But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll just warn him and then loan it to him and see what yeah, he says. Yeah. Like, if, you know, it gets a little dark, buddy. Yeah. Well, it starts out pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it starts out with this nice scene with King Mob just talking to a guy, like, in Egypt or somewhere. And right. You're like, oh, it's creepy and mysterious. And then, and then yeah, it's just, like, expletives and explosions <laughs> and... You know, people trying to rape each other. And but there is that scene of uh, John Lennon and... Uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of adorable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that, who was the other guy? Was that George? I no, that was uh, mm-hmm. uh, Pete Best. Oh, that's right. He, he was he was quitting the band. Oh, the other guy. Stuart. Uh, Stuart. Who was it? Uh, uh, who was that? The, the other guy in the Beatles that didn't make it. <laughs> uh, Eddie Money. <laughs> That's who it was. You know um, why he didn't make it? He oh. had two tickets. <laughs> oh, where, where'd he go? To paradise. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, every, t- every panel I'm looking at, he's, there's a guy saying John, but I don't see the other guy. Yeah. Um, oh, well. That's not the only John Lennon scene in the book either. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, and not, not, and this isn't the only one in the series. I don't believe. Oh, I can't I, remember. I feel like there's more John Lennon later. Yeah, there might be. And more like acid trips. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and like I'll put that out there. I've, I've never done any sort of hallucinogen, right. and I don't plan to ever do one. But this series does sort of, like, 
it's sort of like there's a little pinprick in me that goes, I should try shrooms or yeah. something. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've, uh, I don't think it's a secret. I have long wanted to try hallucinogenics. Uh, and just have never had the opportunity. I, it is the one drug that I absolutely want to do. All right. Uh, yeah. Mushrooms or yeah, maybe not LSD, but, you know, uh, definitely mushrooms. Right. Yeah. I get mushrooms on my pizza sometimes. I do, too. It never really does anything for me. No. Makes me uh, burp a lot. Yeah. But it's probably mostly the garlic. Right. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's some sort of psychic time travel every time you... Oh, yeah, could be. Um, <clears throat> it is no, Stu. Yeah. Yeah, he calls the guy Stu. Whoever Stu was. Yeah. We're, we're not smart, and uh, <laughs> I don't think... I'm not a huge Beatles fan. Uh, I like the Beatles. I, you know. I mean, I don't have anything against the Beatles, yeah. but I'm also, like, you know, like, I think they're highly overrated. I don't. I don't currently own any of their music. I actually, that's not true. Um, I mean, I sold years ago the Beatles CDs I have, but very recently, Jack, the owner of Mavericks, gave me a stack of Beatles forty fives, uh, and uh, I listened to a bunch of them. Um, the night before I got my twelve day flu. Oh yeah. 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 I because I remember listening to them that night, and the next day I woke up and I felt like horrible because of the Beatles. It could have been the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, like I've, like, <laughs> I always go back to, to Quentin Tarantino. There's like a deleted scene in Pulp Fiction where, like, uh, John Travolta is like, or Uma Thurman, I think, has the, uh, the, like, little video camera and she's taping John Travolta. Right. And she, like, you know, uh, she basically says, like, there's two types of people in the world there's Elvis people and there's Beatles people. And she's, like, trying to figure out who John Travolta is. Obviously, he's Elvis. Right. Uh, but I was like, man, I hate Elvis, and I don't like the Beatles. <laughs> so I guess if I had to pick, like, gun to my head under the threat of death, I'm a Beatles guy. Yeah. But, uh, I don't care about the Beatles. Uh, and, uh, I forget what it was, but a couple of years ago, my friends and I found this video online, like, some shitty song. And, uh, like, there's a line in it. Like, the Beatles are just a band. <laughs> they, like, that is the most true statement in the face of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, you know, I guess overrated does apply, but at the same time, I think they just hit the right time with the right oh, yeah. ideas. Uh-huh. And, like, and they did pretty much change rock and roll, but I think whoever showed up at that time would have done with it. those yeah. ideas, yeah. And and John Lennon, I do think it was an awesome guy because you know of just like how like kind of peaceful and free thinking and forward thinking he was. But apparently, also a major asshole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I know he you know cheated on Yoko and you know, some some things, but but uh, yeah, I mean, he seems like a like he seems like he was a pretty good dad and a pretty good you know. We don't know. We yeah. don't know anything about him other than his music. I mean, yeah, I've seen I've seen interviews with like Yoko and his sons, and like, you know, I mean, it comes across like he was a good family man, but I don't think like he was Jesus Christ or anything. You know? Yeah, I'm I'm willing to believe that he was not a good person, uh, but uh, but but the thing with like even Ringo, all the Beatles, uh, they're talented, they're good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't hate. Their, their, their body of work, obviously. Right. Uh, just, you know, like, like, 
and the Beatles song comes on, I don't immediately turn it off. You know, I'm just like, fuck <laughs> the Beatles, you know. Unless it's Revolution Number Nine, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, yeah, I don't. I'm not. A, I couldn't ever call myself a fan of the Beatles. Right. Yeah. They, they just exist, and I am okay with them. <laughs> <clears throat> that's fair whereas elvis i will turn right the fuck off really i love i love elvis uh but only only certain songs yeah. i love this christmas stuff oh man uh, i love in the ghetto <laughs> yeah in the ghetto is amazing <laughs> um hey he's all right elvis is cool but elvis is not in this book because grant morrison hates him too <laughs> does he i don't know yeah. he, i'm sure he does Right. I don't know. He's so like poppy and magical. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I think he's he's strictly into the 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 mod scene. Yeah. 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 It's definitely his bag. Yeah. Um. What else can you say? I don't know. I it's, love this book. It just it just spirals and like builds and like um. It's got like it's got a little sense of humor to it, yeah, but it yeah. but it's dark and like. You this know. book has pretty much everything in it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then the one thing with Grant Morrison is that, like, uh, a lot of the themes and, and things that he writes about in this book, he's actually like crossed over into his other works. Yeah, you know, like like you can read the the Doom Patrol and, and like see little bits of like the building blocks of the Invisibles in that. Oh yeah, and for you sure. Can read uh, with, like with the villains. And yeah, things like yeah. That, right. And uh, you can read. Uh, uh, like even his JLA stuff, and like you know, see like direct correlations to like what he was writing in the Invisibles at the same time, you know, and that's the fucking JLA, you know, yeah, uh, which couldn't have been more different from this, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, even though it's a group of people trying to save the world from right, yeah, baddies, yeah. Uh, but you know, like like, uh, and, and even though he was. Sadly, completely wrong about the whole uh, December twenty second thing. <laughs> you know that was a recurring theme throughout like all of the books that he wrote, like in, in the early or late nineties, early two thousands, even in New X Men. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, he set up the whole, uh, and then when he started New X Men, like the very first issue, he set up that uh, basically the mutant race or no, the human race was going to completely die out by December 22nd, 2012, and uh, everybody on Earth would be mutants. Oh, that was the date? Yeah. Okay, I don't even remember it. I don't think, I don't I think he ever specifically said the date, but it was like, you know, whatever amount okay. of years it was from uh, that point. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And then Marvel reversed that whole thing anyway <laughs> as soon as he left, so it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, he got his, like, little chunk of it, though. Exactly. If you read his stuff... It's like a little microcosm. See, that's the thing about comics is that uh, no matter what happens afterwards, uh, you can still go back and read the old ones. Yeah, yeah. People, Con- continuity doesn't exist, even exactly. if they even if they try to make it. Exactly. So you can say that Dan Slott is ruining Spider-Man all you want. Uh, those issues of Spider-Man that you did love, they're still there. Yeah. Go get them. Yeah. Go reread them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Comics. I like comics. I do. And, and uh, I like this one probably the best of all. That's, that's high praise. Yeah. What else can you say? Uh, the the one thing that it has going against it is uh, inconsistent art. Yeah. Uh, it's been a lot of different artists. Yeah. 
And I can get, like, I guess this whole thing was he wanted to do sort of like a Sandman type of thing with the rotating, you know, artists on, on each new storyline, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I was not a fan of a lot of them. Uh, the, the guy who starts out uh, this story, uh, the, the first four issues are uh, Steve Yowell. Yowell? Yowell? Yeah, Yowell. I don't no, know. Not a not a huge fan of his work. He's he's all right. He's yeah. fine, yeah. but he's definitely <coughs> nothing that I I ever really want to you know seek out or anything like that. I like Jill Thompson. I like Jill Thompson now. Mm-hmm. I do not like her work in this book. Really? Yeah. Uh, I like the stuff that she's been doing like in the past like five six years or so, mm-hmm. which is all like watercolory, you know, oh, yeah. painter kind of uh, stuff. And I think. Maybe the problem is that, like, you know, because this all came out in, like, the early 90s, that it still has that, like, even though it's a Vertigo book and it's creator-owned and it's weird and all that, like, there's still, I think, that sort of mentality of, like, everything has to be image. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, like, just a lot of unnecessary cross-hatching. Yeah, I I do remember some of that in there. Yeah. So... I think Joe Thompson is a fine artist now. Uh, I do not like her work uh, throughout this series because mm-hmm. she returns a couple of different times and so does Steve Yell. Um But like, there were other artists who, who worked on the book that I thought were really good, mm-hmm. uh, like Chris Phil. Weston and Phil Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Quietly, I think, did part of an issue once. Uh, yeah, like yeah, towards the end. Yeah. yeah. The, the first volume, I think, was uh, covers done by Sean Phillips. Yeah. Which, yeah I uh, forgot about that. Yeah. And, oh, the cover of number five. I think that's the first <laughs> variant cover I almost bought. I, right. I still didn't buy it, but I was tempted to buy all of them because it's basically just like a cardboard, cardstock cover. And uh, it's not even that. It, it's like, not. it's just, uh, it's like paper bag. Like like, uh, like oh, okay. what you get like at yeah. the grocery store, and they have like different like revolutionary slogans yeah. on 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 the covers, and uh, I forget which one I bought, but yeah, yeah, uh, I think the one that I have is is whatever the most common one was. So yeah, I, I did not get a variant of oh. that one, yeah. but it's probably the best variant I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that Magnolia Detective cover, that was pretty. Oh, awesome. anything that Magnolia yeah. does is going to trump yeah. everything else. Yeah. <laughs> if Mike Magnolia had drawn the Invisibles, I think uh, my wow. brain would just explode. Yeah, wouldn't that be sweet? <laughs> that would be sweet. <laughs> That'd be very sweet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the Invisibles love it. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, continue with this. I I already have. I think I'm like on issue ten or eleven by now. I uh, just read uh, the the very first Chris Weston issue that uh, he drew, awesome, uh, featuring the the uh, Haitian voodoo character Jim. Oh Crow. yeah, that was great. Yeah, uh, I think the the next storyline. Well, I think the next issue after that is uh, honestly, I think it's it's uh, if I'm remembering correctly, it is my favorite issue out of like this entire series. Really, and it's uh, about. One of the guys who gets uh, killed in the first issue, uh, he's just like a random soldier. Who, who the, is a single issue story? Yeah. You know, funny thing about that, uh, when I when this series was going on, I was I was 
here's me name dropping for a second. All right. I was pen pals with Brandon Graham, the guy who now does profit. Um, cause he was doing a book called October Yen that was just like a very small press book. And I fucking loved it. And we would write back and forth. And so he was, this is why you love profit so much. This, You're biased. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, he was like, what are you reading? And uh, I was like, the Invisibles. And he's like, I've never heard of it. And so I sent him that single issue. And, uh, and he wrote back and he's like, that was amazing. And, uh, because I was like, well, this was like, you know, one book he could just read by, by right. himself. And, um, yeah. So I got Brandon Graham to read The Invisibles. Nice. <laughs> I don't know if he ever read the whole series or not. Right. Well, that issue is probably, I think, the single best issue, uh, of, of any book ever. Wow. Yeah. And in, in this entire series, uh, that's it. Same something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and then after that, I think, is the origin of, uh, Lord Fanny. The, the, uh, Brazilian transvestite. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking I forward to, to reading all this. And I'm actually almost pissed off that, uh, I'm going to have to actually stop and read my next book pick. Uh, oh, wow. You know, that's just, awesome. Uh, <laughs> You could just pick volume two. There we go. I won't complain. We switched the show. We're called Read Masters. <laughs> oh, you'll be able to remember it. Oh, or will it just be really say it's Invisibles Night? <laughs> yeah, that's close enough. Whatever. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you didn't bring a CD, and we ran really long. Yeah. So let's just uh, want to wrap this up now. Sure. Because I, I can tell you that I didn't do a goddamn thing in the past week. <laughs> I did nothing worth reporting. Yeah. Uh, I think I masturbated. Um, yeah, that was about it. I, I slept for almost an entire day. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's fun. Um, and, yeah, because I got nothing else really to say about the Invisibles. That's just not me repeating myself over and over again. Right. Other than I... I want everybody to read this book yeah i do too and i will order another copy for mavericks for like because i know half of our listenership you know live in our backyard basically and Um, also you can't return this and i can't return this because (laughs) this copy must have been i swear this has probably been sitting on our shelf since what year was this version printed uh it's got to be i'd say in the 2000s because it's got the brian boland cover the only date I see in here is 96. It says copyright 94, 95, 96. Yeah, well, that's just the, the issues. Yeah, I don't know. But, but but anyway, like, I was reading the very first issue of the trade, and, like, the all of the contents of the book just, like, slipped away from the cover. It just, like, made this sound, and I was like, what? And it just, like, fell out, <laughs> out of the cover. So, like, the cover's intact, and the inside is all intact in one chunk, but, uh... They're not together. They're separate pieces now, yeah. so... so yeah. that is yours forever. Yep. I can just hot glue that and stick it back <laughs> on the shelf. Done it before, I'll do it again. <laughs> Sometimes I rip magic cards in half and just tape them back together. <laughs> put them out for sale. Uh, if, uh, if you would have picked a song for this episode, what were you going to pick? Uh, probably a Beatles song. Okay. <laughs> no, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about it. Okay. Yeah, um, uh, yeah so then uh, why don't you uh, tell me what movie I'm going to be watching next episode? I have no idea. 
No idea. I didn't think about that either. I just was thinking about the invisible. No, no, I, I see no reason why two young men of our age should be deprived any longer of seeing Bob Goldthwaite's God Bless America. Sounds perfect. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, yeah, I got no arguments with that. Sweet. All right, then. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, get on out of here, then. Let's do it. All righty. Good night, everybody. Good night, kids. Read the Invisibles. Twice. Yes. Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information, links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.